Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, it's a new box. I... <laughs> well, a delight to see you all. Uh, so many familiar faces. It's really wonderful you're here. Some of you are, are new to this retreat, and I hope you feel very, very welcomed and very included. Um, I had a little bit of a debate earlier on today whether this retreat's been going for 31 and th- or 34 years. And those of us who've been there from the beginning unfortunately don't have enough memory left to know the difference. Um, but it's one of those. It's been, been a while. Um, some introductions for those of you who don't know us. Uh, I'm Christina. This is Madeline and Narayan and Tuari. Um, we are very delighted to be here. Um, I think I'd, I'd like to, to start, actually, with some appreciation. I, I think that this whole domain of appreciation and joy are, part of, are parts of this practice that are often just too easily neglected. You know, I do find particularly with retreats that people can become not only earnest but sometimes over earnest in their efforts and in that over earnestness somehow forget how to to really develop that sensitivity that much needed sensitivity that allows us to appreciate and to sense how appreciation really gladdens our hearts so perhaps it's a good way to begin you know, I, I really applaud your efforts in getting here. I'm very aware that for many people, this is actually the hardest part of a retreat, it is actually carving out the space to actually get here and arrive into this, of course, beautiful Massachusetts spring, um, <laughs> which we're all enjoying. Um, But I'm appreciating how much, you know, I'm always aware when I come here, for me, it's such a sense of homecoming. And one of the things that makes it that way is is the the kind of warmth and support and welcome and friendliness that I receive from the staff here. Um, It's a little bit like a second family for me. And I... And, and that, that effort and that warmth, of course, will support all of you, all of us, during this week here together. Also appreciating the, the people in your life who've made it possible, for, perhaps, for you to be here. You know, those at home who are watering the plants or taking out the garbage or feeding the cat or minding the kids, you know, all of the people who really contribute to our ability to actually stop for a while in our lives. And also to appreciate yourself, you know, your own efforts, your own sincerity, your own willingness to explore this this very ancient path, to wake up, as the Buddha always invited us, and to learn what it is to really live a, a noble and ennobled life. Um, I want to share with you a, a quote um, a, a Greek philosopher called Sextus Empiricus says that the beauty and mystery of this world only emerges through affection, attention, interest, and compassion. See this world by attending to its colors, its details, and above all, its irony. And I think some of these qualities mentioned in this quote are are just so central to what we're going to be engaging in here. Affection. To develop an affection for being present. And affection for our own body, minds, hearts, and affection for those around you. To develop attention. To learn really what it is to to have a, an intimacy of relationship with the present moment and to really begin to see the way in which the world comes to life 
through the attention that we give it. Interest. The the word that's used in the early text is a little bit more strong than this. The the word that's used is ardency. It refers to a kind of, uh, not a a tepid interest, not a lukewarm interest, but a sense of passion, of enthusiasm, um, a curiosity about this present moment we're living. And last on the list, but not last in the hierarchy, there is no hierarchy here, is compassion. A sense of genuinely caring, caring for ourselves, caring for the world around us, caring for the kind of footprint that we, we leave on this life. So we arrive on retreat, and it's worth considering what a retreat means for us. Um, You know, all of us have lives before we come here, often full, sometimes over full lives. We have memories of our last retreat, usually of the last two days, by the way. We usually have a sort of selective memory of our last retreat. Uh, You know, we don't remember the first five days of of gruel and toil, but the last two days were great, you know. And and that's where we'd like to start, you know. So we all have lives before we come here. We have lives we go back to. And yet this is a very dedicated space of pausing and to reflecting really, what does this retreat mean for me? How do I understand what it means to be on retreat? It, clearly, it's not about avoiding the world. It, it's not about defensiveness. Um, but it is about, it is a moment of pause that offers many possibilities of intimacy with ourselves, something we're often very removed from, of listening, uh, of caring. You know, here, I think at at IMS, you know, there's so much effort that goes into providing the, the kind of optimal outer conditions that allows us really the freedom just to be still and to listen and to step out of our busyness. There's really so little we actually have to do here. You know, I'm sure for most of us in our lives as kind of capable women, uh, you know, 45-minute work period a day doesn't really feel too daunting. Um, uh, so providing those optimal conditions. And then we think about how do we provide the optimal inner conditions for the, this, this stillness and intimacy to emerge, this sense of, of being present with it and being present with others. And I always find a really helpful question is to consider what is essential and what is inessential. You know, and I, I would invite you, if you're interested, to take part in that reflection. What is essential and inessential in being here? You know, when we look at what's inessential, you know, sometimes the things that we think are so essential in the space of a retreat look less essential. It's an opportunity to to lay down the inessential. You know, maybe some of our projects even our projects of self-improvement, you know, some of our, our busyness, you know, our planning, our strategizing, our rehearsing, our, to put down our, our roles, that's sometimes quite a relief, isn't it? To, to be able just for a, a week in our life, not to have to be someone for someone else, just to allow ourselves just, just to be. To, to step out of some of those roles and everything that comes with them. And then we can focus on what's essential. You know? and, and then we look at what that is. You know, what is it that really brings a sense of meaningfulness to our life, a sense of dignity, a sense of stillness, of clarity, of relatedness? And this is what we, we cultivate this is what really what we cultivate here. It's a, it's a kind of reorientation, I think, of our hearts and minds that really allows the, this practice and the sense of, of deepening and understanding to really be at the forefront of our attention. One thing that I, I do want to 
truly mention is is you know a couple of things. One one is that it's very clear that you know this whole path and all of a retreat really stands on the head of the pin of intention, as the Tibetans say. You know, this is a very intentional space. We, none of you ended up here by accident, did you? You know, you had the intention to be here, um, the intention that got you here. And it's really that intention also, that sense of intentionality that really allows us to take our seat in the present moment. But also a sense of how, through that collective intentionality, how, how we truly create a retreat together. You know, we actually rely on each other. Uh, each other's practice, each other's silence, each other's commitment. And as much as this is a kind of solitary endeavor, it's, it's also, it, it's a community. You know, for this period of time, this is our community. And in the, the service of that, one thing that I, I find that it's important to mention, I used to just not talk about it and try and let people figure it out for themselves. But I'm very aware that, you know, people have histories, inherited histories about how to be on retreat. And one thing I would mention is around eye contact. Um, I know many of you have done retreats where... <coughs> you're encouraged not to have any eye contact. And sometimes in my own practice, that's been really useful at times, you know, when I've felt the need to be more more focused, more gathered, more collected. Sometimes it's been really helpful to have that sense of, you know, guarding my sense doors and, you know, having a, a collectedness around my eyes. But I, I'm also aware that, you know, as much as, you know, there's two things on retreats that can be, really alienating if you've had a history of ever being made invisible or disdained. One of them is silence, which is often, you know, has been used for many people historically as a kind of weapon of punishment, a withdrawal of attention. And Narayan will speak about how the silence here is really not that. But the other is eye contact, you know, that's a way of making people invisible. You don't see them, you don't look at them, you know, um, you, you, your gaze passes over them. So we're not going to give the instruction of not making eye contact. You know, uh, some of you heard me say this last year. I found it much more useful to to reflect on the Tibetan um, teaching that says, wherever my gaze may fall, may it be filled with tenderness and respect. Hmm? So, you know, I, th- I do think how we use our sense doors is as much a part of our mindfulness practice as anything else, you know, and we'll be very aware when we use particularly our eyes as a way of, you know, perhaps seeking approval or affirmation or confirmation. And we'll also be aware of the times when those same eyes are actually really vehicles of appreciation and respect and kindness. So this is just something to incorporate in our practice rather than to have some kind of rule about. You, you know, there might be times when you or another finds it useful, you know, to have that collectedness. So, so don't be offended, you know, if, if you, you know, have a kindly gaze upon another and you're met with a stony look. It doesn't mean they don't love you. It just means they're feeling very unfocused in that moment, you know. Um, This word, you know, the, the Buddhist path was always about falling into wakefulness. Falling into wakefulness. And I think what we discover here as we practice that falling into wakefulness means falling out of habit. That these two really don't coexist. You know, and so every moment that we truly, truly commit ourselves to to being here, to a, a present moment recollection, is a moment where habit is not ruling our lives. And there's something in that to truly appreciate and find the preciousness of. Again, um, that's enough for me for this evening. I'm delighted to be here with you. I, I celebrate this retreat and this community.
I'm just remarking on your little ears. <laughs> Seashells. Yeah. <laughs> so I um, really appreciated that Christina began with appreciation. I, um, I always begin a retreat with this sense of real gratitude and, um, and delight and appreciation. I, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah? We have these forms and we have these guidelines, and I'll say a little bit about the guidelines in a moment or two. But boy, we are really oriented towards moving into the unknown on a retreat. Yeah? Everything is set up in that way. And all of the usual kinds of structures in our lives are gone. Yeah? Our structures of um, depending on this or that for inner sustenance. We're here, and we do have the support of one another, definitely. And at the same time, we're kind of, you know, roaming around in the deep here. We are attempting to understand our own hearts differently. We're attempting to sense our way into the truth of non-separation. And how could we not be appreciative and grateful? When I look around the room and I see so many of you that I've known for so long, or I see at home all the time in Cambridge, or those of you that I only see here, and so I'm particularly delighted to, to see you this time, I'm also aware of the fact that we really want everybody to to kind of come in from the cold. And it's it's easy if you've been here year after year or for decades for some of you um, to feel really at home and like you're coming home and that this is very much a home coming. And of course, some of us here with friends and family and this and that um, but a special, a very special kind of invitation to those of you who are here for the first time and might not feel yourself to be very much at home. You know, to recognize that this is your home, that any retreat center like this is everybody's home. That's the nature of a meditation center, is that it has to be for everybody. It's not a meditation center if it isn't for everybody this sense of being at home within the environment. So anyone that um, you know, is here for the first time or anyone that just feels like, like already, you know, kind of sometimes you can come in and already feel like you don't belong. Yeah, this is such a, a kind of thing in our culture of feeling alienated. Um, come home, you know, really, really to listen to what's important and to recognize that this is your home. Yeah? Oh, no. Seriously? Is it that way? Ah. <laughs> Things are going to get better. <laughs> okay. How is that? Is that better? So much better. No? <laughs> I'm actually hearing this seeing shakes, so I'll I'll do it. I'll try it a little bit more. <laughs> okay, how is that? Wonderful. All right. Just assume I said really good things for the last <laughs> few minutes. <laughs> so I also just do want to say that um, Christine and I are both guiding teachers here at IMS, and we're... Still, still, can't hear you. still can't hear me. Okay. I will get this down sooner than later. I do promise you that. I know how frustrating it is to be hearing words and having to strain to really hear them. Okay, so... How is that? She could just put it in her mouth. <laughs> I should just eat it, it's true. And then it will just come out in this totally different voice. <laughs> All right. I'm going to come in when nobody's in here and fool around with it. Yeah. 
But for right now, can you hear in the back? Yes. Okay, good. Thank you very much. So I was saying that Christina and I are both guiding teachers here, and we've been on the board as well for a good number of years, and we're engaged in efforts to make the center as welcoming as is possible, to make the center as inclusive as is possible. So just to say that whatever your background is or whatever your ethnicity or age or sexual orientation or physical ability or economic situation or anything that makes you feel perhaps in your life at large a little bit not included or maybe a lot not included. To recognize that here we really want to do our best and we want to hear about it if that's not happening. You know, these are ongoing efforts that we're attempting to make. So please, um, please keep in touch. Please let us know if there's a way in which you could feel more welcome or more included. Um, there's something, um, something I, I sat a retreat at Auschwitz a few years ago with the Zen peacemakers, and I stayed in a Catholic um, refuge while I was there. And there was this beautiful, wonderful little teaching, little sign in this Catholic environment. And what it said is that a sacred place is one where the earth's voice can be heard clearly. Go to these places and listen. Once you have heard her, she can reach you anywhere. Yeah. This is a sacred space. And the reason why it is a sacred space is because we have designated it to be so. You know, our intention here is to transform our hearts. That makes it a sacred space. Our intention here is not to get involved in distractions or entertainments or the usual ways that we don't always let life use us so fully. And here we are orienting ourselves in a direction that is going to bring about a greater degree of inner peacefulness and inner freedom that we can't help but share with others when we leave and in our retreat itself. So this is very much a sacred space. And if we can feel it here, then perhaps wherever we walk on this earth, we can make sacred. It doesn't have to be designated as sacred, but we can make it sacred. We're here, each one of us, to thrive on an individual basis, for the sake of individual thriving. And as well, we are here collectively to support our own practice and support one another's practice. And both of these things are true. Both of these facts are true. And so, it's kind of a supportive solitude, is what you could call it. Such enormous spaciousness and freedom in being in solitude, free to look into oneself with interest and dedication, you know, free to do all of this, and as well having the support of the environment and having the support of one another. We understand that the basic guidelines that we abide by while we're here and when we leave as well, that these are all guidelines that simply allow us to enter into a simplicity within. Help us to calm our minds and calm our bodies and to be within ourselves and to be with one another without having to worry. Now, this is the reason for the guidelines, is not having to worry. The beauty of the guidelines is is recognizing that we can trust ourselves. We can trust one another and we can trust ourselves. So the basic guidelines I wanted to just um, um, mention, and perhaps as I mention each one inwardly, 
resolving to pick them up and to practice them as best as we're able to. The guidelines that I like best, the precepts that I like best are from Thich Nhat Hanh. And the first one is knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to protect life, to not harm any form of life, even very small forms of life. And I'm adding this, even though it's great as it is, adding and to practice compassionate action. This is the first of the beautiful guidelines, beautiful precepts. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to only take what is offered to me and to practice generosity, to practice releasing, to practice relinquishing, to practice letting be, letting go, open-handedness rather than coveting. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to protect relationships and to be celibate during this retreat. And this has to do simply with this sense of solitude, of giving yourself enough space to look around, look as deeply as you possibly can, and not get engaged. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment not to harm myself or others with alcohol or drugs. And of course, just reminding you that if you've been prescribed any medication, it's really important to continue to take it on any retreat, on this retreat. But anything that you know that you've been relying upon that you don't want to rely upon, you don't want to depend upon, you want to depend upon the inner treasures that can be found within your own heart. And then the last one, which has to do with silence. Knowing how deeply our lives intertwine, I undertake the commitment to honor noble silence or to speak the truth with kindness when speaking is necessary. But as Christina said, the kind of silence that we are interested in here is not anything that is punitive or oppressive. The kind of silence that can be so beautiful on a retreat that we grow to love the beauty of is a silence that is friendly. We're interested in a gentle silence, not a harsh silence, not shutting ourselves up, but instead being quiet, not talking to one another, so that we can listen more deeply, so that we can listen more deeply to ourselves, of course, but so that we can listen more deeply to both the sorrows and the joys of this world. You know, we can't really hear a whole lot of, any, of anything if we're constantly talking. And so it's a time of renunciation from speaking. And there's something that I think many of us in the room already know and love the beauty of. But if we don't, we will find our way into that beauty. I just do want to encourage you to allow it to be friendly and gentle and kind. Rather than repressive or anything along those lines. And now I get to the big silence, which is the silence of renouncing your cell phone. (laughs) This is more important, well, I don't want to say more important, it's equally important to not speaking with each other, but also letting go of your cell phone for the time of the retreat is really crucial. And I know, you know, now we send something out a week or two in advance, just a reminder that this is what is going to be required. Um, I really, I really want to impress upon you the essential aspect of this guideline. That almost if you just don't use your cell phone, beautiful things will happen. Almost that one renunciation will be enough. Because as we know, there is such an addictive nature to it. And when we talk about habit, one of our big habits these days is checking the cell phone over and over again. Wonderful moments that can be used otherwise. (laughs) 
<laughs> so we are going to have a cell phone ceremony tomorrow. And um, there are packets outside as you came in right in front. As you walk in, you'll see them as you go out. If you just look to the left or look to the right, you'll see something to put your cell phones in. They're plastic. And you can write your name on it. And um, we'll take care of them until the end of the retreat. You don't have to, but I want to encourage you to. I, I feel like every time I offer this, it's kind of like I, I get a good catch. Like in December, 70 people out of 100 offered their cell phones in. That was really wonderful to me. It was quite exciting, and it was a really great retreat. So you don't have to. You know, if you want to put it in your car or bury it or, or, or just <laughs> bury it with some dirt. No. Um, you know, if you absolutely trust yourself that you're definitely not going to go for it, when you feel a little bored, a little restless, or a little anxious, or this kind of thing, then okay. But for most of us, this kind of trust is delusion. (laughs) So what we're going to ask you to do tomorrow is, if you want to hand your phone in to bring it, and um, in the first sitting, we're going to ask everyone to come up. And if you don't want to hand your phone in to just offer, you know, kind of symbolically um, handing your phone in by offering with your hands, really telling yourself that you are going to honor this. It's a renunciation of suffering. You know, that's really what it is. It's letting go of the news for the week. Doesn't that sound great? Yeah. 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 We'll let you know. You know, you're not in the dark here. We're in, in the know here. But um, to let go of the news for a week is not abandoning your civil, your citizen duties. It is allowing yourself to be at peace, to exhale, to learn something different, you know, and then to be able to go back into your life, being able to have more energy, more vitality, more inner aliveness, a greater degree of inner kindness. So just remember that for tomorrow morning at the 8.15 sitting. Another aspect of silence is not reading or writing. And perhaps the biggest aspect of silence has to do with not talking to yourself, really resolving not to chide yourself through the week not to harass yourself through the week, not to instruct yourself through the week, not to like, you know, this, that kind of, um, that kind of voice of self-criticism. This would be a wonderful voice to let go of during this week. This would bring about a great deal of inner silence. What's asked of us here is to listen and not to talk to listen deeply to that which is most important to us in our lives. So just, um, just I wanted to end with a tiny bit of inspiration from Alice Walker called You'd Be Surprised. She said, you'd be surprised to find how cleansing it feels to depose a dictator. There she is anticipating your every wish, seeking to orchestrate your every desire, Get rid of her. Life is too broad a country to tolerate such foolishness in your own small yard. I really wish you a wonderful retreat, but that's kind of like saying I won't see you. I will see you (laughs) this whole entire time. We will be living together. This is really a beautiful week. Okay. Can you hear me? I'm just checking. (laughs) Okay. So, guess what? Wholehearted, warm welcome to everyone. Really lovely to see all of you here today. I'm delighted. I'm happy to be here. And I, I just so love this retreat. Grateful to have this opportunity to be here with Christina and Narayan and Tuwari 
and to Eowyn, who will be here tomorrow, and of course to spend time with all of you. It's really a rare and precious gift that we give to ourselves and we give to others to come on retreat. And it's just really amazing to look out at all of you here. So I just want to everyone to just take a moment and to reflect on, just for a, for a few moments, all of the conditions that came together for you to be in the hall tonight. Just, just reflect for a moment. And then all the conditions that all of us, you know, had to do to come here, to be here, to be together in this hall tonight. So really reflecting on how many women over the years have practiced in this hall or maybe have practiced anywhere. Women coming together and sitting together, perhaps entering this stream a timeless stream of women who for days or weeks, months, years, perhaps centuries, women who've like gone before us, they walk this path. In a way, isn't that very heartwarming? <laughs> it's miraculous. I think it's even a little bit mind-blowing that there has been an, really an unbroken chain of Dharma transmission from one woman to another, or from one person to another, for over 2,600 years, back to the time of the Buddha. Doesn't that like, so it's so great. So these women, what they've done is they've appreciated the present moment, right? They've really risked being here and being mindful. Mindfulness, it's a patient, non-judging awareness. It's a receptive awareness. So the women really have let go of habits and tendencies and really challenged themselves. They went beyond the, the familiar, like Narayan was talking about, and they you know, entered the unknown, and they understood the truth, and they opened to an inner home. It really is inspiring. All the, you know, to join, we're all joining in that sense of courage of all those who have been committed to truth. All those who have walked this path before us. They're reminders of the possibility of each of us of realizing our own aspirations to be free. So this is the perfect time to actually begin this retreat, but I want everybody to turn inward, to actually go inside for a few moments and turn your attention inward and connecting with and opening to your deepest aspirations, intentions, motivations. Please take this moment and listen very deeply. Okay, so during this week, opening to the beauty and the fullness of our inner life, allowing the truth and the Dharma to unfold right inside of you, within you, and treating yourself with a gentleness and kindness, caring, patience, forgiveness, compassion. Learning and living in the present, learning and letting go. So on this retreat, again and again, and a few more agains, let yourself remember, let yourself recall what's really most important to you, whether it's realizing the truth of who or what you are, or maybe touching sense of, some sense of ease or 
peace or balance, or maybe living within presence. But whatever you care most about, see if you can let this tenderness of the heart encourage and energize your meditation practice. Letting the sincerity and the authenticity carry you home. And just ending with this quote from Maya Angelou, I long as every human being to be at home wherever I find myself. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your practice. Have a great retreat. Can you hear me? I'm just going to hold this. <laughs> we don't like this one. So I'm just going to say a couple of words. Um, my name is Tuere, and I want to start by really sending some deep gratitude to Christina and Narayan and Madeline for uh, letting me join them, join them in this uh, retreat. This is the first time I've ever been at a women's retreat, and I am overwhelmed with how beautiful you look right now. <laughs> and Narayan and Christina and I are friends, and so I'm... Um, particularly grateful uh, to be here with them. I've been practicing for nearly 30 years. <laughs> and um, 17 of those years was spent at Seattle Insight, which is my home sangha. I'm the one of the guiding teachers there now, and I've been that in that position for about two and a half years. And so about... Hmm, Last year, I joined the teacher training program with IMS. So there's a commitment for diversity and um, training teachers of color. There's this deep commitment that I feel for IMS and um, for being a part of this time. This, this, this time that we're living in is so precious and it's so special. And so um, I think what I really want to let you know is my role here today, or for this whole week. I am here really to be in a learning capacity. I'm here as a trainee, and I really want to take the opportunity to learn, and especially from Narayan and Christina, it's such a great opportunity for me. I've been teaching a long time, but this is a special time for me to be able to learn. So if you don't see me doing any Dhamma talks, and you don't necessarily see me doing anything, it's not out of a disrespect or anything like that. This is really my opportunity to take in this uh, teaching role on retreat. And so... Um, I'm really grateful for that opportunity. I am, um, I guess I want to just leave with one last thing. Sometimes we end up in times, sometimes we, we happen to be in a time in the world where there are so many seemingly conflicts that are going on. And it just seems like right now that's where we are. We're in this world that there's so much conflict that's going. And yet here now this week, um, we have the possibility of making major changes. We have the possibility of seeing something that we'd never seen before. We have the possibility of finding a connection with ourselves that we never found before. And so while this is my opportunity to sit and learn from Christina and Orion and Madeline, this is your opportunity to do the same. This is the same learning from two different perspectives.
And so I just want to share and appreciate with you this opportunity to be here with you and um, your dedication to practice, my dedication to be here. Um, Yeah, so I think that's it. So thank you very much. We're just going to have a very short sitting. Um, If you're aching, stand up and just sit down again, but just to get a little stretch if you need it, of course. This will truly be a very short sitting. (laughs) We know everybody's been traveling and it takes so much to get here. um, Just take a couple of minutes of silence and attuning, attuning, attuning to yourself, to your body, to your psyche, Not trying to make yourself calm, but attuning to the silence in the room. The feeling of your breathing. Let your mind slow down to be in sync, in rhythm with your breath. And just notice where you're holding your breath in your body. Allowing your whole body to be relaxed. Letting the breath be. of the silence, the sound of the bell emerges. Let your attention naturally go to the sound and then sustain your attention on the sound from its beginning to its end.
Okay, I said it would be short. <laughs> so, please um, let the silence follow you into the rest of the evening. Do whatever you need to do to complete anything so that you're really ready to let go of your usual ordinary going down the lists of things that need to be done. You don't need to do anything here. So fantastic. You do not need to do anything here. You just need to be aware, awake and aware. So tomorrow, um, there's wake up at 6 and breakfast at 6.30. In the days to follow, of course, there'll be the early morning sitting as well. But if you wake up early and you've been around and you've been at this practice for a really good long time, feel free, the, scent, the hall is always open. Yeah, the hall is always open. So silence does begin right now. And um, just to see if you can take yourself to bed in a kind and a tender-hearted kind of way. All right. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.